1: Kanye just put out a tweet saying, "I'm taking no advice for the rest of my life." <laughs> That's a big bag.
0: Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, aka Low. We back with another episode of the Off Top Podcast. I don't know what episode this is, but we're gonna try to put this out on Thursday. AKA? It's probably gonna be. A- 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 no, no. We're a- we gonna put. K- no, stop. We're gonna put this out um, as soon as we possibly can on uh, on Thursday. Uh, you know, had some backtracks, but I ain't gonna talk about nobody. I ain't gonna talk about nobody no business. Yo, agent, tell him what's up, bro. Tell him what's good. My guy,
1: are we just completely dropping the whole AKA thing? Like, we're not even gonna name. We don't have two podcast names no more. We're not doing that. Two podcast names.
0: All right, here, how, about how, about, how about this? 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 AKA, apparently CJ McCollum is not a snake. C- he ain't S- no snail. Okay,
1: you get tight. Do you want to talk Sna- about that
0: first, Luke? CJ McCollum, the snake. I mean, we can It's. It's so idiotic. Go,
1: introduce it for the people who somehow missed it yesterday.
0: Dad, you're not even going to say who you are, though. That's tough. That's hey, tough.
1: The thing is, Lo, you don't need me to tell. I'm a main character. They wow, know me. Wow, this guy right They here. know me. Yeah.
0: So um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows about it, so we're just going to lightly talk, touch upon it. Um, CJ McCollum started a podcast and had Kevin Durant. On it. Actually, he might have actually had a podcast already, but CJ McCollum has a podcast and had Kevin Durant as a guest. And they were talking about the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. And it got to the, uh, the, the point where they had to obviously discuss Demarcus Cousins joining the Golden State Warriors and yep. CJ McCollum as being a, a human being, right? Voices frustrations with, um, Demarcus Cousins going to the, the Golden State Warriors, and he was upset because he felt like the Marcus Cousins would have been a solid addition to the team that he has that has been struggling to get out the first round over the past, let's say three to four years now. Like they, they've consistently struggled to make any lasting impressions. Because of his frustrations, Kevin Durant, which I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Kevin Durant is, is easily one of the most annoying players I've ever witnessed in my life. Since he's now on a team that has been dominating the NBA, a team that was already on on pace to be phenomenally great, since now he's on that team, he now gets to walk around pumping his chest like, oh, oh, "Let's be honest, y'all weren't gonna win anyway. <laughs> don't don't worry about that. We were gonna win anyway. Y'all weren't really that good." Which other side note, there's some there's some facts into that. I mean, you know, Dame didn't show up in the postseason again, which is unfortunate. But CJ responds to him saying, bro, whatever. Like you, basically CJ wanted to say what he, what everybody been wanting to say, which is, bro, you weren't winning either. Like you joined, you joined a team that was already on pace to win. You weren't really doing nothing anyway. And um, some words were thrown around. I think CJ actually referred to him as a bitch and all that stuff.
1: In and the throat. yeah, he that's the that's the clip because I didn't watch the whole podcast. Yeah, that's the clip I heard.
0: Yeah, he 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 referred to to Kevin Durant as a bitch, and then gave an analogy, and, and then Kevin Durant you use that analogy on Twitter as well, something along the lines of like we're gang members, and my brothers on this side, and then I joined the other side to beat Which up was, on my brother.
1: Although I agree with CJ, was a horrible analogy. Yeah, but was, he could have thought of a way better one.
0: Ter- 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 terrible analogy, but like, yeah, saying that him and Russ were brothers and then the Warriors are gang members and I, I joined a, I joined the other gang, the rival gang to beat up on my brother, which was just a poor analogy. I understand what he was saying, but the way that he worded it was just t- terrible. But all in all, it's really hard to kind of understand the relationship that CJ has with Kevin Durant because part of me just wants to say like, this is just, Fun banter between two players in the NBA. I I I wouldn't like to believe. I don't want to believe that it's as serious as other people try to make it out to be. However, though, <laughs> as somebody who has like watched the NBA, especially over the last three or four years, and someone who has witnessed Kevin Durant and his performances in the postseason, pre and post his Golden State Warriors decision. There is a a very clear understanding that Kevin Durant, I don't even believe he would have been given the same opportunities to have this level of success unless he was on that Golden State Warriors team, especially individual success. His, his numbers that he's been posting up, his ability to go to the finals multiple times and win a championship multiple times along with finals MVP, all of that has been granted to him due to the fact that he has joined. A Golden State Warriors team that was poised to have that type of success, with or without him. And quite frankly, if you put any other starter on that roster, they more than likely would have the same level of success. But definitely a starter of the caliber of a CJ McCollum, they definitely would have been just as great as they are. Yes, they were. I mean, well, let me let me let me rephrase this: A, a starter that is a small forward of the caliber of C.J. McCollum. They would have had the same level of success over the last two years. So, this idea that Kevin Durant, and again, I'm not 100% sure their relationship, but the idea, and it just irritates me and annoys me that Kevin Durant feels like it's necessary for him to puff his chest around the league. Let's get something clear. Nobody is giving you that much credit, Kevin Durant. Nobody is. Nobody
1: is. To be fair, he was the most consistent person and the best player on the Warriors. I get you, what you're saying is true, but he's but... benefiting
0: from being on the Warriors because if you look at his numbers before the Warriors, they were vastly different. If you look at his postseason numbers before the Warriors with the with the um Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's funny because so many people love to point out like how Kobe is inefficient, but his Kevin Durant's numbers. Before he went to the Warriors, they look like Kobe Bryant numbers. Like they are, they are different. He went from 45% shooting from the field. I want to say 33, 34% shooting from behind the arc, getting those, um, somewhere between 25 to 30 points. I think his rebounds are like seven to eight boards a game, something like that. But numbers that are not the same as where they are now, where he's a borderline 50, 40, 90 player in the postseason now. Like they, like his numbers have, have significantly changed. And he's on a team where his responsibility isn't as much. If he underperforms, it's not that big of a deal. Like, the whole dynamic of him and a player that he is moving forward is different now that he's on the Warriors. And the fact that he's going around pumping up his chest saying,
1: (laughs) I don't think that's what he's (laughs) doing. I think a lot of people misrepresenting him, bro. Just because he's replying to people on Instagram and going on podcasts and hopping on live streams, doing Q&As. Like, I just, I don't, and sometimes when he, like, when he's when he's swearing at somebody all defensive, it's not a good look for him. But I saw plenty of articles coming out like, wow, this person was grant, grinding this summer. This other person was doing deals here. This other person uh, went to this team. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant was just sitting on Instagram. I mean, and I was like, why are you guys spinning that narrative? I think he should be allowed to... Just, why is it so wrong that an NBA player just wants to say what's on his mind? Why is I get that that's not the norm. But allow the guy, even if you don't agree with what he's saying, I don't. I don't oh, like no, know he's he can, going on. He
0: can, he can say what he wants to say. I'm not, I'm not ever telling anybody they can't say what they want to say. He can say it.
1: No, but I'll... you're judging him because of that.
0: No, I'm not judging him because of it. I'm just judging what he's saying. He can no, say in that whatever in the specific context,
1: yes, in that CJ McCollum interview, what I'm talking about as a whole with everything Katie's been doing the last few years on social media is a lot of people feel like he doesn't have he doesn't deserve to speak his mind, and that he should be reserved like other NBA players. No, because that's
0: not it. No, that's not it, it.
1: Is it? A lot of people are calling him sensitive. I think that's the word. And well, he, he, well, he, he is, is sensitive. He is sensitive. I don't think so. I don't. No, you can't. He's a he's an NBA superstar. Lo, he wouldn't survive if he was sensitive. Not even Romoli. The eyes that are what? on him. Every time somebody criticized him for missing a game-winning shot, or Bruh, especially Sha- once Sha- he moved to Golden Sha- State. Shaq is, Shaq is sensitive, so he wasn't a superstar? Low, I know YouTubers who get have the fraction of the clout KD has that get sensitive over comments. And but I'm just sh- thinking but, to but, myself...
0: But NB, you, you cannot go say and tell me that NBA superstar can't be sensitive because he's a superstar. That doesn't make any no, sense. No,
1: but the idea that because he's being so open and honest, just speaking what's on his mind, although I disagree a lot of the time, that means translates to him being sensitive. I think is you know that no correlation gift. It just it doesn't add up. It's it's a it's presumptuous. There's there's no analysis that leads to that conclusion aside from the fact that that's what you want to believe. Hey, KD. Continue doing and, and Will Smith has been doing this recently too. I don't know if you've been catching him on Instagram and on YouTube. He just pulled up with Casey Neistat the other day. He's just saying what's on his mind. And I love it. And, and I guess Will Smith's not as controversial as KD. And he's not he didn't technically ruin my favorite sport neither. But <laughs> but through the process of all of that, I hope he goes on more podcasts. I hope he makes his case and I get that people think he's defending a two-year-old decision. But LeBron, LeBron had made a decision to go to Miami, and people were criticizing him for like years, really until he left. And so although he wasn't actively defending himself, I'm sure he was in his group of friends. He just never went out and said nothing in a podcast or on his YouTube channel in the q a He never talked to an Instagram loser who posts ridiculous, irrelevant, and inaccurate posts. Well, you no, well, well, well
0: the, the, the post that I think you're referring to wasn't inaccurate. A, B, no, no I'm not talking about your buddy. I'm just um, saying in general. Yeah. But, but again, I, I think, I think another reason why I think it's different is because Kevin Durant was in the NBA for what, like nine years before he went to Golden State, and these are things that he never did. Like Kevin, Kevin Durant was in the NBA for nine years. No one didn't see this side of Kevin Durant. No one didn't hear him being vocal. Because he was loved. And now and now but now but wait, but now all of a sudden you're on this team and now you have something to say? Like why it it would have been one thing if he was like this his entire career. He was always animated, he was always vocal, he always shared his opinion, which is fine. I have no problem with people doing that. You can do that. However, if you're quiet and don't say anything for practically your entire career. And then as soon as you're in a situation where you're winning a substantial amount of games and the success that you are receiving is almost unheard of, and the only difference is that you went from one team... Where you had to actually give a damn and try. And there was a little bit of a, not, not a little bit. There was some struggles to get where you needed to get, get it, get to where you needed to be in your career. And now you're in a situation where you don't have to try as hard and you're, and you're almost granted a situation where you're going to be in the finals and have the ability to win a championship for the foreseeable future. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. It, it is. It's a bit ridiculous.
1: Uh, can we just expand on CJ McCollum's analogy for a second, though? His analogy <laughs> was that his analogy was trying to, to sh- a different. Yeah, his so let's let's pretend that the captain the leader of the gang we will call him the the, the gang manager <laughs> the gang made a manager. trade he sent a trade for one of his superstars on his gang to another <laughs> to another gang but the guy from the other gang is kind of old he's almost out he's almost about to retire but still he saw potential in that other guy jesus do people think before they say stuff do they just say stuff i don't, stuff? The,
0: the, I, don't know, I don't know how he got to the the gang analogy that's i don't That was just. And you know he
1: must have been talking about that. Was he must have used that analogy in the past and thought, "Hey, this is okay to bring onto my podcast." And in in the middle of a confrontation where you're trying to make valid arguments, you uh, there was millions of ways you could have explained that artistically if you wanted to use analogies or idioms or or metaphors, whatever. I just found it interesting that. Yeah, that that, that was. Keep doing your thing. Uh Also, if you leave Golden State, the whole world will be great, grateful, and graciously appreciate that. That's that's all I had to I'm, say. I'm on gonna that. tell
0: you right now: if he leaves Golden State, he he can't leave Golden State and then lose. Like that would that that's would, a really good
1: point. <laughs> that would that would that
0: would just justify what everyone has been saying. He cannot leave Golden State, go to another team, and then lose. He also it, it can't, can't leave happen. Golden
1: State and win because Golden State would win anyway. Right, as long as they keep Clay, they'll be fine. They'll keep winning, even without Durant. They will win. People yeah. think that just because they have Durant now, that they weren't the best team in the league before Durant. They are still going to win without Durant. They'll be a little bit more inconsistent. They won't have that same star power. But name a team that could beat him. I'll wait. And without, still, without, without,
0: without, without KD.
1: Yeah, without KD. Oh no, you, you
0: give you give Boston two more years. I think they'll beat them. But well, that's two years down the line, so I don't I don't know. Who knows?
1: That's two more championships. And by yeah. then, they would have snagged Anthony Davis. <laughs> oh my god. Stop. 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 Oh, that's funny. That's not. It's actually scary. Anyway, Lo, what are we talking about next,
0: man? Um, yeah, that's that's you know, that's that was that thing. Um I don't know. This is this is probably what you were thinking about earlier that you couldn't couldn't remember. Um, the Danny Green thing with um Danny Green Talking about how he was um, playing with a torn, was it torn? What was it? Torn? It was something torn. That
1: definitely wasn't what I was thinking about, but yeah, let's talk about that. That was interesting. Oh, okay. um, so the shots were fired at Spurs medical staff. There were some memes where somebody took like Hayward's broken leg. Remember when? Was it Hayward? Was it? I think it was Hayward. Yeah, it was Hayward, yeah, who broke his leg in just whatever. There was a picture and the caption was, Spurs medical staff said to him, Yo, "You're fine. Go who?" And uh, it was fantastically hilarious when you see it in context. But that those are the jokes people are making now because we know the whole situation with Kawhi. I think Danny Green might be trying to stand up for Kawhi by saying that he's been playing injured, although he's arguing it was his decision. Low. Uh, first well, of here, all, that here's means- a,
0: um, well here here's a, here's a other details. It was a torn groin. When it it first happened in the beginning of the season, it was sprained. And then they figured out it was sprained and they then told Danny Green that, um, you, are going to have to put on some, be on a minutes restriction. And the upcoming 20 games, there was a minute restriction and it was actually some games that he missed and Danny Green opted in to play through it anyway. And no one doesn't know when exactly it happened. And th- this is the part that I don't understand after that 20-game stretch or whatever, how many ever game stretch where there was a follow-up with the team, why there wasn't another follow-up from the team's medical staff to figure out how far this had progressed, even with him being under the minutes restriction. Because now it's it's understanding that basically in the second half of the season and in the postseason, that somewhere in between, he was playing with a torn groin. It went from... A sprain to a torn, and no one doesn't know when exactly it happened. So I don't understand how the medical staff only checked up on him twice throughout the entire season with an injury that, to to their credit, Danny Green opted in to play with. I just don't understand how it was never checked up on again to figure out where exactly he was in his progression with with his um injury, but I, I'll say this to the people out there who who um commented on my uh, tweet. I understand what y'all are saying that Danny Green decided to opt in himself to continue to play. The problem that I have with many people is that they're saying that that the problem that I have with many people is that they're saying that once Kawhi figured out that it wasn't a big injury, that people said that he should have played through it, and even if it if it hurt. <laughs> that no one shouldn't. People should have. They're basically validating some people questioning who yeah. Kawhi Leonard was. That that was a problem that I have. And now we see Danny Green, who, regardless of how you want to view it as being heroic, as being you know is applauding him as being a quote unquote man because he played through injury. Regardless of how you want to view it, his injury progressively got worse to a point where it is now a torn groin. So. In my opinion, that was the whole reason why Kawhi wanted to step out
1: and go get another... So my understanding you can it trade is trade injured player without the other team You know can
0: you, you can't trade an injured player and the 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 um, Raptors do know about it. However, I don't think it's as bad as um, some people believe it is cuz they believe that he'll be back within um, No, but I'm
1: saying you have to do a physical before the Yeah, yeah, he's getting
0: he's played. getting a tra- yeah, he's getting a physical. It's I mean it's it's obviously open knowledge if he said it on his his podcast. I mean, it's not like yeah. no one's hiding it. Um yeah, so it's open knowledge. The, Wait, um, he said the it rappers. on his podcast? Is that what yeah, we
1: this, find this, out? Yeah,
0: this is where this is being reported. Yeah, this is on a podcast and he's explaining this. Hey, his hey, his who first was, episode. Which
1: other NBA players I with I know JJ Redick got a podcast. Well, now this we is, find this is, doing...
0: this is Danny Green's first episode in his podcast. So this is literally, <laughs> literally he, he's breaking news on his first episode of his podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, again, I have no problem with. Danny Green doing what he wanted to do. And I had no problem with Kawhi doing what they want to do, what he want to do. They're both grown men, but I understand both sides of it, especially Kawhi's who is in the prime of his career or at least entering the prime of his career. And he only has one more year left on his deal. He cannot put his career at jeopardy for a season that quite frankly was a throwaway. And if we want to be honest with ourselves, people are, like, applauding the San Antonio Spurs. What exactly have the Spurs done to put that organization and Kawhi in a situation to really compete for a championship? And I understand that you have the, um, what's the team called? You have the the Golden State Warriors, but it's not like they even grabbed Chris Paul. It's not like they even grabbed any other key free agents. And in my opinion, they actually overpaid LaMarcus Aldridge. That team, if coached by anybody else, would not be a team that saw the type of success Very that they true. saw this year. So Very it's, true. it's not like that team is chock full of talent and they just needed Kawhi to come back to compete for a championship. No, y'all, y'all, y'all were not going to make it that far in the postseason anyway. Mm-hmm. So again, in, in my opinion, I understand where Kawhi is coming from. This could have easily just been a season where I rehab the entire year. Took the season off, got back to where I needed to be back at, and then come back the next season. But if the belief is that Kawhi Leonard is frustrated with the organization due to the way that he was being treated over the last several months, regardless yeah. it was, regardless it was from the front office or his own teammates, then I understand why he feels upset and why he doesn't want to deal with the organization anymore.
1: Yeah. It's not that crazy. I think some of it is just angry Spurs fans. It sucks. The situation got sour. And it resulted in your superstar player that was supposed to lead your organization for the, for the, he was supposed to carry after Tim Duncan left. Yeah. And yep. it seems like now that's all falling apart. And so the frustration is obvious. And it's not like they don't deserve to be frustrated about it. It sucks. And at some, at some point in different levels, the Spurs staff messed up and they should have done better. And part of that is also on Kawhi, uh, because he was, he was a part of the situation. The way the whole thing unraveled, man. But, Did you, uh, since our last podcast, we, since then, Masai went on the interview. It was an interview? It was a post game, post. It was a fucking press conference. Apparently, I can't speak today. Uh, And he was explaining his side of the story. And. Sorry, do you want to say anything else? Because I'm about to transition. I didn't even realize I was doing it because we were just talking about Kawhi and Toronto. Oh,
0: no, I'm fine. If you want to. Okay, okay.
1: right. Uh, I hope they're both okay. Otherwise. The Raptors just traded for two injured players we don't know about. So <laughs> that's not really a good look. Anyway, uh, so he went on there. He basically said what I said and what you said in the last podcast. Yeah, what did you want us to do? We gave this team chances. DeRozan heard that, and he got mad, Low. And I don't know if you caught what he said, but uh, he was being super cryptic and not very direct, but he feels genuinely betrayed. And there was a couple people on the internet that said something, and it kind of caught my attention. They said, why is he just... Because Kobe's... I'm going to say something kind of crazy, but you have to stick with me. I'm not saying they're the same. But Therose's game is reminiscent of Kobe's game, right? And just in terms of mid-range movement... Oh, all right, Jesus. not as good, but you know what I'm trying to say.
0: Okay, all right. So
1: a lot of people were saying, like, yo, why don't you just take the Kobe mentality and use that to drive you, to prove everybody wrong, especially because you got Greg Pop in San Antonio. Learn all you can. And you got LaMarcus Aldridge in the post now, which, by the way, I don't know how that spacing is going to work exactly. But I'm just saying I heard that, and I thought to myself that I get that he he his whole career has been in Toronto. And he feels betrayed because he wasn't told the whole story. Masai Ujiri's communication skills was lacking. So in that, I understand DeRozan, but I, I might be on the same boat. Low he has to have that Mamba mentality because that's what I expect to see from a player as good as DeMar DeRozan. Not only, not only that, and again, I'm
0: not, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be that this guy or anything like that. But like, I mean, we got to keep it a buck. DeMarta Rosen, you did underperform in the postseason. Like, I mean, that's just and we just keeping it honest with ourselves. It would have been one thing if DeMarta Rosen went out there and played the way that he played, mm-hmm. or at least expected to be playing. And I don't right. I don't think they would have traded him if, if he went out there, he posted up 25, 5 and 5 on respectable shooting splits and actually gave a damn defensively. I I, I really don't believe they would have traded him. I think they would have looked at trading Kyle Lowry. But when you get to a point where, almost every single year, like you're underperforming, like I, that is a problem. That that is that is a problem, and you and we cannot overlook it. Now, so again, do you think DeRozan
1: doesn't know that he underperformed, or because he seems confused? Think, I when, think
0: I believe he's more frustrated and upset with the idea that he was told that he was not going to get traded, and then he got traded. Because I, I honestly believe I think honesty really helps resolve a lot of problems in people's lives. And so, if, if he went to, um, Masai and said, yo, what was, what's going on? And Masai straight up told him, like, look, man, we, we've tried it and everything is kind of on the table. And that, that means even you being traded. I can't promise anything, but I mean, it, it is on the table. And if that was the original approach, like I said last podcast, I mean, if that was the approach, I don't, I don't but feel when like you he do would do something that like
1: that. You severely limit the chances he would want to resign. Knowing that you don't 100% have his back. I know. I don't,
0: I don't think he wants him to resign. I think after his contract. Whether you want him
1: or not, I think it's good to have the flexibility.
0: I think, I think after, I think after his contract would have expired, the team would have been in a rebuilding phase anyway. So they probably just would have let him him walk. I don't, I don't, I think with DeMar in particular that it was, I think it was just a lose-lose situation. If you kept him, I don't think I would have won the Eastern Conference. If, if you let him walk, you probably wasn't going to get much out of him anyway, so you letting him walk when you was about to rebuild, so you would have lost in that regardless. And because of his playing style and how much money he's getting paid, there weren't that many teams out there looking for DeMar DeRozan, especially he just came off of that postseason performance. So, again, we, we, we had this conversation last podcast, so not to spend too much time on it, but I just feel like what they did was probably them taking the least amount of L's Possibly, especially if they get to keep Kawhi, but for, for them trying to prevent the, the least amount of L's that they can take, trading him for Kawhi and Danny Green is probably their best choice.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree. We'll see. I think it's going to crumble. I doubt that the Kawhi thing will work out, but I mean, people have been making like, do you remember low when KD was about to be free agent and everyone was like, uh, remember when the Wizards brought like his high school coach and they're like, <laughs> What are you going to do with Kevin Durant's high school coach, man? They were just bringing everybody out the woodworks to try and convince uh, Kevin Durant to sign with the Wizards. I think a lot of people are trying to make stretch comparisons right now with Kawhi. People are saying, wait, but Norman Powell's mom and Kawhi's mom are good friends. And I'm like, what is that? Do you actually think Kawhi is going to make a decision based on that? Just listen to yourself for a second. But uh, I read an article that was interesting to follow up on the last podcast. And it talked about how the reason Masai felt comfortable, not that he felt comfortable, the reason he was willing to take the risk to make that trade was because he's willing to bet that Kawhi is going to fall in love with Toronto the same way he fell in love with Toronto. And so it's a big bet and it's a risky one. But time and time again, you see athletes come to Toronto and it happens. And so it was either you take a risk on something like that or, You just waited out with DeRozan and Lowry and just lose in the second or third round in the playoffs every single year. So I'm excited to see that DeRozan-Aldridge combo. And I most definitely am anticipating Kawhi's return and Danny Green's. We'll see how that team even fits. I don't know how it's going to... They have so much depth now. I I assume they would have to give up more to get someone like Kawhi, but apparently not. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I guess more... Controversy around the Spurs medical staff, which, by the way, I'm sure are worried they're about to lose their jobs because I haven't seen a situation as poorly handled as this in a very long time, in the NBA at least, where you just, just the, the relationship between the athletes and the medical staff is like, you, if you can't trust your doctor, when he tells you something, like, who do you go to? You go to a third, another doctor, you know, Kobe flies to Germany, Gets that special procedure so he could keep playing in the NBA. <sighs> anyway, man, it was an interesting time. I felt you like know, I had to squeeze it in there for all the people that say I talk about the Raptors too much.
0: You know, you know who um who
1: you really wanted <laughs> to talk about? Uh, I feel like you're gonna say something stupid. So go nah, ahead.
0: You you wanted to talk about uh your boy Carmelo Williams. your boy Carmelo Anthony? That's oh
1: yes, yes. Because oh, we, yes. we
0: we ran out of time last podcast to actually talk about him. But yeah. now we actually know for a fact it has been confirmed that he is now playing with the um, <laughs> the Houston Rockets now. <laughs> and uh, there's some mixed feelings about it across the league. Uh, for people out there who don't know, actually, just a, a quick back up backup a little bit. Carmelo Anthony was traded to, because we can talk about his first, actually. Carmelo Anthony was traded to the Houston Rockets, and in return, OKC received Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala. Which I have no idea why Atlanta would want to do
1: that. I don't know why Atlanta... You said... I'm oh, sorry. You, you said he was traded to the Houston Rockets.
0: No, I mean, excuse me. He was traded to the Atlanta Hawks first.
1: Dude, I was so confused. I was like, what did uh, I miss? My bad, my
0: bad, my bad. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, go Carmelo
0: ahead. Carmelo Anthony was traded to the Atlanta Hawks. And in return, they receive... OKC received Mike Muscala and Dennis Schroeder. Which, as a side note, I have no idea why the Atlanta Hawks deemed it necessary to do so. Especially because they didn't really receive anything out of it. They may have received a pick or maybe a young player, but it definitely wasn't the value, which you, in my opinion, which you could have gotten for those two players, especially yeah. Dennis Schroeder. But that's, that was a trade. Um, just briefly, I guess OKC again, you know, I'm, I'm always up and down on Sam Presti and what he's able to do because it is fairly amazing how he's able to just keep adding talent on that team. I will give him credit where credit is due. And yet again, he's added more talent on that roster. But on the flip side of things, we, we have to stop. And I don't care what anybody says. We have to stop finding ways to evict this man Westbrook from any type of criticism. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. This will be Westbrook's... How long... Westbrook's been in the NBA for, like, 10 years? Westbrook will have practically 10 consecutive seasons of him being on a roster that features more than enough talent to get out of the first round. And now that he is leading a team, he can't, I mean, he there's no way that we're about to go into another season and it concludes with a first round exit. That would be ridiculous and crazy, <laughs> especially from a player who we all, well, not all of us, majority of people who, would deem as a top 10 athlete in the NBA. That's just ridiculous. But then going back to Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony is now at a point in his career where people are actually paying him not to play for them. That That's where Carmelo Anthony is at right now. That people are willing to trade him for for a player that I don't believe many... If you were to go out and say that Dennis Schroeder is better than Carmelo Anthony in the beginning of last year, people would be upset. But we are now at a point where that is reality. We are now at a point where, again, people do not want to pay this man the amount of money that he's getting paid because he just does not add any quality features to your roster. And now he's on a roster where who knows what he's going to accept as a role, but very similar to where he was at last year, he will not be the first nor second best player. He will be expected to just add a little bit of offense, hopefully coming off of the bench and be efficient while doing so. And so yet again, Carmelo Anthony is given another opportunity to prove and provide evidence to us that he is not complete waste and garbage to any team that he's featuring on. (laughs) And again, I promise you if he is trash again, by the end of the season, I will hear the the Carmelo fans come out of the woodwork and tell me how much of a hater I am and how much I don't give Carmelo Anthony a chance and how much it's James Harden's fault or Chris Paul's fault or it's Mike D'Antoni's fault for not using him correctly. I promise you that will be the argument again because we've seen this year after year with Carmelo Anthony. Every single year we see it with Carmelo Anthony. And so Carmelo Anthony is given another opportunity I hope he takes the bench role, not because I'm hating on him, but because that is the best way to utilize him. Who would him.
1: start, my guy? Trevor Ariza's gone. Bob Mute P.J.
0: Tucker can start.
1: Actually, I'm not mad at that. I'm PJ, mad at that P.J. Tucker can start. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And, that's funny.
0: And for the people out there on Twitter who swear that I'm hating because I said the Houston Rockets, they lost um, Trevor Ariza, Luke Bob Mute, and they still have not added Clint Capella, but they added Carmelo Anthony. For people out there who don't understand, yes, they've taken an L. For people out there who don't understand how basketball works because there's so many people saying, oh my goodness, yeah, sure, the reason why the, the Rockets got to the conference finals is because Trevor Reza and Luke Bayamute, no, that's not the main reason why. But a huge difference from that team where it was last year, and a lot of the teams that have been coached by Mike D'Antoni over the past several years has been the defensive element that we saw from that team last year. And a lot of that has to do with Trevor Reza, Luba Amute, and Clint Capella. But now you're telling me you're adding a player who has never played defense at an elite level in his career with Carmelo Anthony and definitely is getting worse. Just because Carmelo Anthony can score, mind you, he didn't do it that efficiently last year, But just because he can score the basketball, that does not mean it's going to add another level to this team, especially when you already have two ball-dominant players. They already have more than enough scoring. This is not a team that was desperate for scoring. But when you take off two defensive pieces off the roster and potentially another one with Clint Capella, there's no way you're telling me that that team is going to be just the same as it was last year, especially a team that was literally... One game removed from making the conference finals. You think Carmelo Anthony is going to drastically make them better? Matter of fact, you think that Carmelo Anthony is even going to make them better? I think not. But again, this is the standard and these are the expectations that many people are placing on Carmelo Anthony. And I promise you, by the end of the season, when either Carmelo Anthony underperforms or the Houston Rockets underperform, we're going to hear the excuses for Carmelo Anthony the same way we hear it every single year.
1: I, he, he, his willingness to not be flexible and play any position is a detriment to any team because that means that he still thinks that he can play at an elite level. That's the only reason you'd agree to something like that. And what's, what no one's really talking about, though, is you got to consider James Harden used to do that. James Harden knew he was not a sixth man player. He knew he wasn't the sixth best player on OKC when he played there, but that's what he did. And because he recognized that was his role, he was willing to do that for the team. So when Melo comes over there and he's like, listen, guys, I've never sat on the bench and I don't plan on sitting on the bench. Harden, who paid his dues and did what he had to do for the team back when he was developing as a player is going to look at Carmelo. I feel like it's going to cause some tension. I feel like you already have P.J. Tucker, who is decent in the corner. Obviously a hustle player. Great. Uh, he's, He's that all around player you're looking for. Just spot up in the corner. Cool. Melo's not going to just spot up in the corner. So what, Lo? Are they going to run plays for Melo? The only play Houston Rockets run is five out. And occasionally, like when they have Capella, a four out and they stretch Capella. And, and occasionally the pick and roll. But it's a lot of isolation, space to floor. It's not a lot of ball movement. This, this, the way we see San Antonio Spurs, a team like Golden State too. I, I guess it's, in. I, I was considering like, why would they sign Melo? It doesn't make any sense to me. But if you just think of it from a Houston perspective for a second... What could they have... Like, DeMarcus went to Golden State, Low. Like, they're out of options. They cannot beat that team with what they have now. So... And because they lost two two players at that small forward spot now... They need some depth. I mean, it's either Melo or what? You're going to trade for somebody else? How? Right? And are you going to move Ryan Anderson? How? Who are you going to give up? Who's going to want that contract? I just... They're in a weird spot... They got to just, and a lot like the Raptors, but for the Rockets, a little bit better because they're actually championship contenders. You got to just shoot for the moon, right? This, what you have going on now, I don't know if it's good enough to beat Golden State, but take a shot on Melo. Let's find out if he's really as good as he's talking about. And let's find out if he plays as well as he's been doing in the gym and these clips he's putting up during the offseason. Because if he could do that... I know, I know it's practice, but you see him out there hooping. Bring that same energy to the court. Be as comfortable on the court. Be as confident on the court as you are when you're in the gym practicing at Lifetime. And I know it could be easier said than done, especially when millions of people are criticizing you. And now he's almost built up a reputation as a player who consistently lets his team down It cannot be trusted in the final minutes. And then that just haunts you the same way it did for the Raptors and Lowry and DeRozan. So that's the last thing you want to do if you're Carmelo. There's a lot of pressure on him to succeed, Lo. This is going to be his last relevant year in the NBA if he doesn't find a way to make it work. And for the sake of his career, for the sake of that bag he's trying to secure, for the sake of his long-term legacy, we know he was a fantastic player. And I know a lot of people, there was a person who said he's not even top 100, Lo. And I I couldn't believe my ears, but he's gonna have to do something. That's,
0: that's a bit of a stretch. He he's not top fifty though, but he's he he, he definitely top one hundred.
1: Yeah, I agree. But a lot of people just you know if you only seen Melo since he's been with the Knicks, he he definitely isn't a top hundred player. But you you take his whole career into context, man. Ah, he used to be one of my he used to be my second favorite player, though, after a third actually after Dirk and Kobe. So I used to love him when he was in Denver, bro. I used to have his jersey and shit, man. I stained it. But I still wore it because I loved it that much. And now, like, I just feel like he's a shell of himself. And he, I, he, I, you'd think he has the confidence, low, because he pulls up for shots in big-time moments in games. But he just always misses them. So I don't know if he's just trying to convince himself he still has it. Or maybe he doesn't have the confidence, but he has pseudo-confidence. He thinks he does, but really, in reality, he doesn't actually believe in himself. He, he doesn't trust his shot the way he used to. He can't shot create the way he used to. And obviously, no team's going to build around him the way they used to. Now he's going to have to be that second person, in this instance, a third person. And he might even drop to fourth, low. I'm going to be honest, depending on how Capella does uh, when, they, when, if they re-sign him at this point. I hope the Houston Rockets can pull it together, man. It's the only hope the NBA has... Because this Golden State Warrior team is getting ridiculous. And I would hate to see that more All Stars just flood over there because of the thought of a free championship. And I am very literally saying free championship. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that's all that's that's all I had to say about um Carmelo and Anthony. I know like again I, I I hope the best for Carmelo. I really do. Cause I like Agent said, I grew up watching Carmelo, but man, how much it has changed it has been it's been pretty scary, to be honest with you. Isn't it's it? Crazy.
1: Isn't it? Because, Lo, you were talking, and when you mentioned Westbrook had 10 years in the league, that's, that kind of hit me, man. I was like, damn, what do you really think about it. It feels like just the other day, Westbrook was like a young player in the league. Like, LeBron is in—what year is LeBron in now? Like, what, 15? How? Vince Carter, is, is he the oldest player in the NBA now? And— it's between it's between watch- it's between him and Dirk. Dirk.
0: Both of them, if I'm not mistaken, they were drafting the same draft class.
1: Jeez, it just feels crazy that all the people I I grew up watching, like Duncan and Kobe, are gone, and I feel like Dirk is gonna be that last person in that era before it's wrapped up, and then we move on to the next era, and then eventually we're gonna see. And this is really sad. We're gonna see LeBron retire low. And although I spent the first half of his career hating him because I was a huge Kobe fan and my brother was a LeBron fan, and we used to have arguments all the time. It's gonna to suck to see him go and then and then we're gonna rely on the Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to carry. And and I just because so when Kobe retired, I didn't even know if I was gonna keep watching NBA, because it just feels like there's something, a big part of the league missing. Face it. And as you you grow to love the players and then they leave, it's just going to feel like a bigger piece of the NBA is missing. And so when I look back at, like, sometimes I talk to people who, like, watched a lot in the 90s, like, uncles and stuff. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I don't really watch anymore. And I'd be like, bro, how could you stop watching just because Jordan or whoever you loved watching back in the day isn't there anymore? And, like, I understand it now, right? It's like all the things that they loved about the NBA aren't there anymore. And the game has changed, and the rules are different, and the athletes are different. And it's like now it's a spectacle where they bring out cheerleaders and mascots, and there's this beef between players and managers that is very publicly being shown on social media. Um, it's an interesting time, man. It is an interesting time. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you better you better be grateful. You better appreciate these guys before they leave, man. It's only a matter of time before every single time they call Westbrook's name, they're like, "Oh, that was vintage Westbrook right there when he's in his 15th through the NBA. The way they're doing Dirk right now, the way they're doing Dwayne Wade right now. Um, on on a Which, side note, you know Dwayne Wade got a 25 million offer to play. I'm about to say you, that, that
0: that D Wade thing is kind of that D Wade thing is pretty crazy because I, I don't know if but it, it was three it's, years it's, it was a
1: three year 25 million.
0: I know, but like I'm it's it's so crazy that the conversation is now like the D Wade just in his last year with the league. I don't I don't think it is. I think he's gonna come back. But that's just me just being optimistic, will, though. though. I, I know. I know. That's, that's me so, legit being optimistic, though.
1: Do you watch soccer a lot? Do you, like, follow the MLS? No. I, no. Why would I? So the MLS is doing the same thing. So basically to try and gain attention, the first – you probably remember David Beckham's sign. I believe he was with L.A. And that was a huge deal. Just the other day, bro. I don't even watch soccer, but, like, I played a little bit of FIFA. And I, my friends in real life like to watch soccer. And I was like, "Yo, that guy right there, I know him." And I forgot his name. Was it Ibrahimovic? I don't know who it was. It was one of these, like, it was one of these, like, ninety overall players. though. It wasn't no scrub player. And I saw him in the MLS. It's because they came with a bag so serious. He he left the European leagues. So it's a lot like an NBA player leaving. And going to play for China and if I'm not mistaken Al Jefferson decided to do the same thing and on and on top of that we just found out that Lamar Odom is trying to get back and play in in Chinese leagues and I was like where and he said he found that uh, he was motivated by Stefan Marbury and so I was like lo I really see a future the same way soccer players in the MLS or sorry I don't know wow I offended like half the population on earth uh f- European football players the same way that they're getting paid a ton to play in the MLS and they're being overpaid but because people grew up loving these guys they're gonna watch the league just for those guys and then they might grow to love the league even though the talent isn't as good it's the same situation Lo I guarantee you right now low this is what's gonna happen let me let me do a prediction the same way is happening with soccer there's slowly gonna be players and Dwayne Wade might be the first like really relevant player to do it that spends his last few years in China. And then slowly, as that league begins to build, and of course, you know, Chinese people love basketball, it gains more money, they're gonna have more money to spend on players. And so, let's say 10 years from now, they have the money to, uh, let Kawhi spend his last three years playing basketball in some, in the Chinese league. And then they grow, grow, grow. Eventually, it is going to get serious slow. There's a lot of people in China. There's a lot of money to be made. It's part of the reason why all of the NBA players take trips to China during the off-season. because they want to expand their brand. And there's a whole billion people that live there. And a lot of them love basketball. And there's a huge market. There's so much possibilities. Which I don't know how I feel about. I don't want no Chinese league to be really big, to be honest. there would be games at like 4 a.m. and shit, you know? Oh, <laughs> you fish. can't catch games at 4 a.m. It's not really convenient, but yeah, man.
0: Uh, I don't know. you? I just hope you not. I hope it's not over with. Even though, like, I know he's not like Who, Wade. Yeah, Wade. I, I know it's not like it's still. It's not really Wade anymore. But I just I like Wade. You know what I'm saying? I, I like I like watching Wade play. So I just I hope we can see as much of Wade as we possibly can. You know what I'm saying?
1: I mean, you can still watch him in the Chinese. I'm League talking about. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not watching that. You know.
1: No. I mean, they already got Al. Ge- I don't know why they went for Al Jefferson, but I guess they got to start somewhere. I'm about to say uh, they.
0: What they, what they going to start with? LeBron? Like what are, what are you saying? <laughs>
1: hey, listen. If they could offer him, like, can you imagine that contract? They would need like a hundred million for like two years or something. Even that would be a stretch. I'm not gonna lie. They would need a hundred million a year, dead ass, for LeBron. True. True. And it, and it still would probably not happen Because he, <laughs> The brand deals he makes alone in North America Are worth him just staying here True, true, true Um Lo, I have a question, man Do you know how much the NBA is worth? Because every time I try and find out They just give me the value of each team But I don't care about each team I want to see how much the NBA is worth I don't know It, had, <laughs> it, has,
0: to be, it has to be in the billions, obviously
1: I mean, it has to because the Knicks are like 3 billion or something. Well, why
0: don't you just add up all the teams and that that should give you. That's estimate. not the
1: valuation that we're going to I'm just saying, you should Because there's, uh, I don't know if you heard, Facebook stock took a dive. They lost like over 100 billion in valuation overnight because they brought out their reports and it was the first time in a while they start, They started to see negative growth, especially in Europe. And so a lot of people were just billing. So I just thought, like, God damn. They're, like, worth $500 billion. I know I know, Facebook's huge and all, but I got me curious how much the NBA was worth. You know I mean, what I'm saying? It, I mean, I, I don't even want to put out a guess because I don't know how off I'll be, but uh, I don't know. Just... Hey, somebody who knows that question, tweet me at CallMeAgent00. Then send me an email at CallMeAgent00 at gmail.com reminding me why... Lo knows nothing about basketball. We haven't done that in a minute.
0: You know what's so crazy as you say that? There are more and more people who hit me up in my and I'm not even like joking, I'm dead serious.
1: Cause you're lying. But it's okay. It's fine to lie. Alright, bet. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see.
0: We'll see. I'll say I'll say no more. I'll say no more. I'll say no
1: more. Lo, I I I'm not even gonna go there, Low, because you're gonna make me come out with a collage of guys sending me emails. And you do not you don't wanna do that. You don't wanna do that.
0: No, I ain't gonna say no more. I ain't gonna say no more, I ain't gonna say no more. But um, yo, can we talk about
1: your team, the Atlanta Hawks? For what? It's not my team. Been... It is. First I of all, really, is I team really
0: second. don't know, like what makes a team trade away quality players just to pay out Carmelo Anthony.
1: I actually like their moves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that weird? That doesn't make it because I feel like you could have gotten something for Dennis Schroeder.
1: So I mean, it's weird that they went for Lynn, knowing they drafted Trey Young, but. Um, oh, but Lin, Lin, like,
0: Lin could play the two, though. I don't I don't mind I mean, Lin, he Lin could, too.
1: but I feel like he's... I, I, I would put... I mean, you want treyon to develop. You want to see how good he could be. But Jeremy Lin's a really good point. I think he's like an 82 overall. So I would start him. I like John Collins. He's been showing some potential. But aside from that, like, you're kind of just like... You have, like... And you know in my GM where a player would be like 75 overall, but they'd have like an A-minus potential? That's the entire Atlanta Hawks roster. And I like like A. I don't think A. I said A minus. I don't even know that A minus
0: though. That's kind of that's a stretch. I like I like um Prince. He he showed some progression last year. I like um John Collins, like you said before. He he was he was solid last year as well. Um, The Jeremy Lin pickup. Do you think
1: Prince is gonna pick up like? Do you think he's gonna build on last year, or you think that was just like what happens when you got a garbage team and and nobody's putting up numbers?
0: That could be true, but Prince, he, he was putting in like quality, like stats, like at least efficiency wise. And he was, it wasn't like he was playing like 38 minutes or anything like that. I think he was barely playing 30 minutes a game. He's giving around uh, 15 points, but it, it really wasn't even that. It was just that as the season progressed, he was actually getting better. Like it, it, he was starting to see yeah, splits and yeah. he was, he was actually putting up better stats as time has continued to go. Cause I feel like the last, like forty some games in the, in the regular season, like halfway through the last like thirty thirty um thirty to thirty one games in the regular season, he was like borderline at eighteen point score shooting somewhere around forty three percent from the field, but he was attempting seven threes on a night to night basis and shooting yeah his uh, thirty percent is good yeah his field his three point percentage is like thirty eight percent from behind the yard, so like it wasn't just that he was posting up um empty stats they were actually Solid, efficient numbers. It was they weren't like just trash numbers. So I do like that about Prince, and he has the ability to switch on a pick and roll and, and be a solid perimeter defender. He's he's almost he reminds me of OG and Anobi, but not as athletic and, and not as great as a defender in my opinion. But offensively, I think he's already got it down pat. Where I don't I don't really see OG and Anobi. Making that much of a, a leap.
1: That was the worst comparison ever, dude. They couldn't be further from each other. man. not?
0: They're both. Both of them are. I think both of them have really solid length on the perimeter. They can switch. They can play both forward spots. And I, and I believe that both of them are solid three point shooters. OG and Obi was actually Jesus, a solid three point shooter last year. He's not.
1: Year. He's not as good as if, if Torian Prince shooting thirty eight percent. OG is not that good from three. He had
0: mo- yo. OG had moments. So OG had moments.
1: But OG was OG was being left. Like pretty open. Like he wasn't pulling up contested, right? Level of difficulty on his shots were pretty good. OJ was shooting thirty seven. I'm looking at it. i g I'm saying like level of difficulty on that thirty seven percent. He wasn't hitting those open as consistently. But he was good. He was alright.
0: That's what I said. He was solid. He was he was solid. But I just
1: I don't I I don't see it at all. The <laughs> comparison between the two, man. Even, anyway. even
0: even in even in the postseason he was a consistent like forty five. I'm looking at it right now. You crazy.
1: So I know I know Trae Young did pretty like Abysmal. Look, some right, uh, uh, let's uh, let, me, let
0: me just tell everybody that Trey Young project is going to be at least two to three years. That's, that's a project.
1: Two to three years until we see what?
0: Until we see all star, all NBA impact. Wait, what? You
1: said yeah. a, repeat that for the people one time. All
0: star to all NBA impact. Did you say Trey Young is what we're talking about? Yeah, Trey Young.
1: Am I am I missing something? What are you talking about right now?
0: It's going to take a while for him to have the impact that is needed for him to be like the type of player that the Hawks. Fam, need you be. you just said
1: it take two to three years for him to have All Star All NBA impact. That is insane. I don't even see Donovan Mitchell reaching All NBA in two to three years.
0: You're yeah, we ridiculous. Well, right, maybe because it's the it's the guard position. Maybe yeah. Maybe it's because it's the guard position. But Donovan Mitchell next year can legit be a twenty-three point scorer.
1: Oh no, you're no, pushing it because
0: that's not that's not pushing it because towards the end of the season when Donovan Mitchell because the thing about Donovan Mitchell numbers that people have to realize is that a lot of those numbers looked way bad, like look looked worse than what they really were. Is because in the beginning of the season he was starting. And then they were trying to figure out what position he was playing because he was playing some point and some two. And they were trying to figure out what role he had. By the end of the season, they had already re- figured out what type of player he was. Man, Donovan Mitchell next year. I'm, I'm, if you think that it's, not, it's, that it's crazy for him to be a 23-point scorer, what did no, he in last year?
1: All-NBA. All-Star, I think... That even might be a stretch because it's so competitive now in well it always is in the yeah, West. In the, in the West
0: in the West it's 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 but pretty just, ridiculous. Do
1: the math, Llo. If there's three teams, there's six you're saying he's a top six guard, my guy. And between James. Well, okay, and-
0: let, let's let's let me remove it as well. Maybe not make the all NBA team but still have an impact of an all in player. And the only reason why I said it is because this year, for example, Kyrie did not make an all NBA team. But he obviously is one of the better guards in the NBA. You see what I'm saying? So.
1: Yeah. All-Star, I could see just because he's in the East and it might not be as. Well, it definitely isn't as hard. I'm about to say definitely but, not be as hard, yeah. I don't. I still don't think even in the East in two to three years, he'd be no All-Star, man. Three years? Fam, it's three. Look at Ingram. He's been in there for what, two years now? And but in- we're still but Ingram, looking at.
0: Ingram is, Ingram is different just because A, I don't think they really even built that team around him until like this this year was like really the first year where they gave him a massive opportunity. Because the year before that it was really D'Angelo Russell. Which as a side note, yeah, this is this is it for D'Angelo. This is the year for D'Angelo Russell. That's what we really need to do. Yo, D'Angelo Russell, you even put on notice, I right? I need I need Dude. to see I need to see something <laughs> from D'Angelo. Cause even though last year he definitely he got hit with the injury bug. So, you know what I'm saying? We're going to give him obviously a pass. But if for the people out there, he was telling me that we, we didn't need, we, we didn't need to trade D'Angelo and a backcourt with Russell and Lonzo is going to look really nice. When Russell was back, them numbers didn't look too nice. He'll keep it a bug. Anyone, on a, uh, a Nets team that really doesn't have any other scoring options. So the, it, he was the go-to guy. His numbers did not look that nice at all. So
1: I think I, I think he could be like an 80 overall player though. Uh but, but yeah, that's I, not but think, that's
0: not what people were saying, though. Yeah, yeah. That's not what people were saying. And also as a side note, this is Russell's last year on his contract. So Russell gonna, the, the, well, for D'Angelo, this is it. I need to see something out of D'Angelo, man. I gotta see it. I, I need
1: to see it. So there's been a lot of young players betting on themselves not getting the contract they want. Uh I, I'm sure you heard. Tobias Harris was offered, I believe, a five-year, eighty million. And he
0: deal. and he's right to turn that down.
1: I, is he though? Yes, he is. I, I'm, I'm going yes, to compare him to Nerlens Noel, but just know he's way he's better. He's way yes. better because we saw Nerlens Noel do it, and the dude lost an opportunity. No, he, but of like, he's
0: better than he's better. Let's cut. Do you it remember
1: out. the contract they aff- offered Noel when he said no? The dude just missed out on tens of millions of dollars because he bet on himself. But he's and, better. And, and, Tobias Harris but is, but is, terrible. What is the max, right? So he, he might have missed out on, like, what is it, 30, 40 million until he reaches the ceiling and hits the max for what he could be offered? Is it really worth, like, what happens if you get injured and then now no one's willing to take a risk on you? Like, there's so much things that can go wrong. I feel like... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I hope. I mean, we that's, screw himself that's, over. that's
0: always something to look at. But Tobias Harris, if, if we're being optimistic here, him turning down an $80 million extension, if I'm not mistaken, it was for four years. So that's 20 million a year. If, if we were just doing a flat rate, him turning down 20 million makes sense. To me, it, it makes sense. There is no way that a player Tobias Harris's caliber should be on that team. Because on, and really what they were trying to do, in my opinion, this is what I think they were trying to do. I think they're trying to tie down Tobias just in case you all, and I'm talking about the Raptors, may want to do a trade for Tobias and Kawhi. Or if Kawhi just goes into free agency and Kawhi, they, he needs some type of incentive to join the, um, the Clippers... He'd be playing next to Tobias Harris, who's a solid piece. But Tobias Harris, I wouldn't tie myself down to a Clippers organization that I didn't really want to be on. I just got traded there. And I know for a fact there are plenty of teams that will be looking for a player like me. Tobias Harris just came off of a career season. G- gave the, um, gave the, uh, Clippers 19 points when he was traded there. Really? Okay. Let's just say he ended his season because he spent some time with the Clippers and the Pistons ended his season 18 19 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, shot his shot a career high from behind the arc 41% from um from the long ball and 83% from the free throw line. He was very efficient. Like yeah. easily the the most efficient year of his career. And so coming off of a season like that and slowly progressing throughout his career, Tobias Harris is only 26 years old. Only 26. And and not 26 by the turn 27, no, turning, he just turned 26 10 days ago. So we're talking about somebody who is in that 25-year-old club of players who is due for their next big contract. And Tobias Harris, like I said before, he is a player that could fit on almost any team because of his versatility, being able to play both forward spots. And that is extremely valuable in today's NBA. Add that to the fact that he can give you Fifteen to twenty points on a night-to-night basis on great shooting splits, have the ability to switch, not afraid to put the ball on the floor. I like Tobias Harris. I- I've said it before. I'm biased for Tobias. That's just a fact.
1: Oh my God! Cut it out. That, man. That's that's just a fact. Jesus, dude. Seventy-five percent of listeners cringe their soul. That and, that. I, and you know
0: what's crazy. I said that on my channel, so you already know. That's a fact.
1: That's so cringe. That my
0: man, cringy. my man, Tobias. My, to, I, I've had my soul set on Tobias and Victor Oladipo since they've been in Orlando.
1: Look at this guy bandwagoning when people start doing. Yo, work, so I
0: I know it's good with him. I know what's up. If he goes to, if if a team really wants to pay him I'll just say this, if a team really wants to pay him, I could easily see him going to the Knicks, pairing up with him and Porzingis. However, I do like what I see from Kevin Knox. I ain't gonna lie to you, Kevin Knox. He might. He might be able to do that thing. You know what I'm saying? But also putting him with the Pacers. If you were able to upgrade from, um, Fad Young to Tobias Harris, that's an upgrade. That, that, that's a, that's a noticeable upgrade. Easily.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so when he was asked about it, Low, he said he got a call from, uh, Team USA. Basically, they asked him to come to minicamp, which means that there's a good chance he hey, be able hey. to.
0: He looking good so far. I'm gonna tell. You, I've been yeah. looking, I've been yeah. people the Instagram posting on Twitter. He looking good so far.
1: Yes, and I just want to tell Tobias Harris that really doesn't mean that you're a max player when you get it. it could just mean that Kawhi said he ain't going to no minicamp. Uh, then Stephen Curry say there's a lot of players that just might not play because really whether they play or not, although it's probably gonna be an honor, cool the first couple times, they don't really need to. Yo, Low, you can have the the 40th best player be the team captain, like the best player on the team in the NBA that's American, and you guys would still win the whole thing. You really don't need the best players. It's just cool to see them all on the same team every once in a while. Tobias Harris is right, I think, to reject the contract. I wish the best for him. And really, when you think about it, Lowe, they gave away Blake, and, and they wanted Tobias. So they're going to try their best to keep him around, and I think he knows that. And so... Uh, when it comes time next year, and is he, do you know if he's restricted? I don't think he's restricted, right? No, he's not. He's
0: not restricted. He's, he's unrestricted.
1: So they're going to have to go in a, in a bidding war with the rest of the league. And you better believe once other teams start bidding that he's going to get the money that he wants. I was
0: sure. about to say, I, to me, that's really the, that's the biggest reason why I, I'm all, all in for this. Tobias Harris is a player who's good enough to really sh- be shopped on the market. I, I feel like he's going to be one of the more underrated free agents this upcoming year and he could definitely be added to a team that can make a significant difference on a roster that is missing that that flex forward type of a player that can put play at both small forward and power forward positions and be efficient and be effective. Dude, the
1: guy shot forty one percent from three. That is insane that's that's what I'm saying. And he's he's, he's
0: slowly been making those progressions throughout his career um in the beginning part of if uh his year and his years in orlando and milwaukee wasn't the greatest three-point shooter but definitely showed some improvement it, um when it comes to creating his own shot putting the ball on the floor attacking the basket grabbing rebounds being flexible now we're at a point where he's becoming more efficient he's becoming more defined as a player and he's he's adding Dude, other i pieces would love to his him game. in
1: toronto oh that's my that's why that's incredible. what i'm saying
0: he's and on top of that, like you stated before, he's not a max contract guy, and I don't think he believes he is either. So the fact that you could get somebody with that level of productivity, that level of efficiency, and at the age that he's at, somewhere around, let's say it is twenty million a year, that is a great contract for Tobias Harris moving forward.
1: Well, Way, and 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 that's a that I might even argue that's a bargain. Especially considering Zach Levine's got that same contract, if,
0: so you, 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 but you see what I'm saying? If you, if you have another star athlete, or even if you're looking to just add another piece to a team that is trying to head in the right direction, bro, Tobias Harris is the move. That that is the move.
1: Is. I think he's also like. Okay, let's just do. I'm gonna bring this up just because I feel like every five podcasts I have to shit on Orlando. This is a player Orlando gave up for no reason whatsoever. For no reason. Zero reason. And for very little. I remember that trade vividly. And I just want to take this time to remind you guys that Orlando is always finding a way to lose their best players and impede their growth. They get in their own way a lot. Uh, I hope they don't continue to do it. <laughs> but let's be honest, man. Oh God, it's unbelievable how those guys lose everybody. The second people leave to play for another team, they just automatically do better. It's crazy. It's crazy how that works, man. Really crazy. Fact though. What else? I mean, there was definitely more moves out. There was something I wanted to talk to you about. Literally right before I called you on Skype, I was like, I know I'm gonna bring this up in the podcast. Was it? Was it? it
0: was it? Was it Kevin Love signing his contract? No, but
1: congrats, Kevin Love. Go yeah. ahead, get the bag. That's a fact. It's now, not overpaid, I don't think.
0: Now now, why do you think Kevin Love got that money?
1: I mean, they, they can't. I, I I cause I think he's still this No, that's that's too much. I was gonna say I was about to say Kevin
0: let's Love. let's let's slow the roll for a second. I
1: think he let's can be eighty percent eighty percent of the Kevin Love he used to be. And even if it's eighty percent, that's better than I mean, especially if you could stretch him at center. He if, if if Kevin let's say Kevin loves the center, he plays center right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Aside from maybe Demarcus, and he's coming off a major injury, and Joel Embiid, Kevin Love will be the next best. Towns and s- Towns. No. <laughs>
0: I'm no. I'm I'm being oh. I'm being this. I don't I don't think um, no, it's no, that no, no. crazy to say that Towns will be better than Love. Maybe in
1: a year. Maybe in two years. No, not right now. Stop. Because Kevin Love is a way better rebounder. Kevin Love. I, he's I know a probably way two- better. Yeah, yes, No, you we're heard not. You right. We're
0: not talking about prime. We're talking about. I know about that. I know that. Right I know now,
1: that. I also think I'll, I know Karate Towns gets crazy percentages, but his level of difficulty on those shots is not good. He passes up a lot of shots. What is it? I think Kevin Love is, is also is, a better three point shooter. I
0: don't know why you keep saying it because it's not like this man. He's making like one and a half... Because if, a
1: game. If you're shooting Kobe threes, and Kevin Love is not same, shooting
0: Kobe threes,
1: I'm giving you an example of pushing to the extreme. If you shoot Kobe threes and hit the same percentage as a guy who shoots. Trevor Ariza threes in the corner. There's a very big difference, although you wouldn't see it in the number. And Kevin so Love,
0: just... Kevin Love is not shooting Kobe threes.
1: I don't even think Kevin. Love Who would you over trust the more last... for the game from the three point line? Kevin Love or Carl Anthony Towns?
0: I would definitely trust would... on Kevin Love. Yeah, Kevin Love. But it's All it's right, not. Man, but, I, I, but it's but I don't think the the difference is so vast that it that would make him significantly better. And also, I don't. I just got to see Kevin Love go back to that before I can like say oh yeah he's definitely better i i, I, I think have, i, I have
1: saw him go back to that against the raptors in the playoffs
0: and it no, was insane to your team is see. just trash
1: that we stop. i get it that stop. i stop. get but it it was good to see it was still in him
0: look 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 look, look, look. your
1: team he didn't forget is, that just, he knows how to play like that you know
0: but your team is still trash though like that that's the problem Not
1: no more <laughs>
0: face says, and, you know, and then on gotta, top of that he now. didn't do that in boston though
1: yeah yeah that's true
0: so it is going to be
1: interesting to see so, what Kevin how about we were talking on our podcast? Remember when we were talking on our podcast, we were talking about how I think LeBron was— I think the way that LeBron runs his team is not ideal for the rest of the team. And it becomes very evident when they play Golden State and lose in the finals every year. But when it, the ball runs through LeBron all the time— it's tough to get a flow, especially when you're a player like Kevin Love and you know what you used to be able to do. When you're relegated to a role where you're not doing a lot of that stuff anymore, it could take a toll. I'm going to give him an opportunity this year. I think he'll be well worth the contract. I Actually, I'm not sure about it. You really have to depend on injuries. I'm about injuries, to say, we, we gotta, as, I got I
0: to gotta see yeah. it. I got to see it first. I have to, I have to see it but first.
1: But I'm, I'm w- excited for the Cavs. Hey, where do the Cavs land, low with Kevin Love? But see, the, that.
0: But that's the part that I'm. I'm trying to get to. When it comes to this, this contract, I'm not a hundred percent sure on what exactly we're seeing from Kevin Love and what we're seeing from the Cavaliers. Because a part of me believes that they just signed him to a contract to make him an easier piece to move because he was on an expiring contract and he does have one more year left on his deal. And if I'm not, I don't think it was restructured. I just, if I'm not mistaken, he just signed an extension. Yeah. So because he signed an extension, him getting paid the extra nearly thirty million I think um his first year his deal is gonna get paid twenty eight point nine million so almost thirty million this uh-huh. upcoming season he's actually gonna get he's only gonna get paid twenty four million so that makes his contract and him being a piece a little bit more easier to move until that money kicks in so because of that and because him no longer being on an expiring contracts, I honestly believe it could just be a move for the Cavs to get a little bit more younger and be able to move him to a team that may need his services. Because I don't, to me, it just doesn't make any sense for them to try to stay afloat with a team that obviously isn't going to win a championship anytime soon. I mean, they can compete. Uh, And and if Kevin Love stays on that roster, and let's just say, hypothetically speaking, and being optimistic that he goes back to being the player that he once was, I can see them capping out around 45 wins. I I can easily see that. Um and in the Eastern Conference, and that might be good enough
1: to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm gonna say in the Eastern Conference <laughs> that that's
0: definitely good enough to make the playoffs. But again, I don't know what that gets you. Like, what where does that where did, where does that fall? I don't know on, on the it's idea the- of you trying to move on beyond the LeBron years because that to me that just doesn't. So I believe this is just uh we're going to make Kevin Love happy because we really don't have any other options, and we want to keep some assets through this transition phase oh. if it works out. That's cool. Possibly bring in some more pieces and kind of work things out as time continues to progress. But if it doesn't, he's an easier piece to move and, and try to move forward in a different direction. I
1: disagree, man. I think, and this would be my strategy if I was the Cavaliers: resign Kevin Love. You've just added a lot of value to his contract, as you said. Now this year, prove that Kevin Love can still hoop like he like he's been doing, right? But especially like he he's been doing when he was with the Timberwolves. And, then, and if people see Kevin Love ball out, and they're like, yeah, we could use a player like Kevin Love who could attack down low and from the three-point line. Very versatile. You could run all kinds of plays through him or around him. And then next year, they could trade him and then start to the rebuild. So instead of just tanking and hoping to get a bad pick this year, you might as well make the most out of your relationship with Kevin Love and get a lot of value in return. And that's just like, that's just a boilerplate. At the end of the day, if like, for whatever reason, like when Rudy Gay left Toronto and they did fantastic, if the Cavaliers just do amazing, even without LeBron, then why not build around that? See if you can, and I don't know if they will be able to without LeBron, get some more star players to Cleveland, but try and do what the Raptors did and try and do what the Wizards are trying to do. Or you can, I guess, just call it quits after that year. Trade love, get those pieces, even if it's like, even if it's a discounted price and you got the Groupon coupon, even then you would still have the opportunity to rebuild. And I don't know what next year's draft class is looking like, but um, they could pick up LiAngelo Ball at any time, of course, if they wanted to. Uh, and really, at the end of the day, that's that's, that's about it, man. I just I,
0: I just don't I just don't know how long you're willing to hold on to Kevin Love. But I mean, I'm I'm not, a year, just one year. But I'm I'm not too optimistic on the idea of Kevin Love just being that great of a player. I feel like. You just sell them as soon what as you overall? possibly can. I mean, I, th- I think again, I, I I think as an individual player, Kevin Love can put up nice stats. I don't know how much they're translating to wins, but I mean, you may not well, be what, concerned about that. What is his overall that.
1: though? What is his overall? <sighs> eighty nine. Ah, oh, that's that's really high, dude. I was thinking like eighty seven or something. Yeah, that's, I, that's but really... that's
0: but that's me capping off. I'm I'm, I'm thinking like it, me being extremely optimistic. Eighty nine is where I would cap off Kevin Love. That's why I think he more.
1: played like an 82 last season. I think he'll play like an 87 this season. And let me, let
0: me ask you this. Which team would be willing to trade for Kevin Love?
1: Plenty. It depends on I, really I what mean, the are Cavs want plenty? in
0: return. I, I, think, I can think of like a handful of them. But are there plenty? I, mean,
1: I assume they wouldn't want pieces in I would. They wouldn't want players in return. They would want like draft picks or swaps or a young player, mm. right? And there's, there's a lot of teams that have plenty full, right? Boston is one of them. Uh, I don't know why Boston would want Kevin Love, but for whatever reason, in case you Yeah, they no, do.
0: Boston doesn't want Kevin Love, no. Uh,
1: if, the if Raptors, the 76ers, the Bucks, like there's plenty of teams that The Sixers wouldn't,
0: the Sixers wouldn't. The Bucks would though. The, the Bucks is, is a very, very interesting. And this, this is the, and this is, I'm happy you brought up the Bucks because I thought about this too. This definitely reeks of, teams not necessarily
1: <laughs> being... I thought the way you worded it, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, 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 it reeks of teams not being prepared for the offseason. Because if you were the Bucks and you were going to lose Jabari Parker, why the hell would you not just sign Jabari Parker back and then trade him to the Cavs along with a few other young pieces, throw make in there, throw a pick or whatever, and go get Kevin Love? What sense does I'll it make think... to just lose Jabari Parker?
1: I think you think more teams care about Jabari than actually do. Jabari is an injury-prone player that never proved himself. and That's sad reality. That's the narrative, though. But if if I'm
0: the Cavs, I'm willing to take a risk on Jabari through a rebuild that we're all kind of saying is inevitable rather than just pay Kevin Love and just hope that somebody... No, but paying Kevin Love in hopes that somebody's going to come along and say... I'm going to uh-huh. give you valuable young assets or potential assets for Kevin Love because I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And again, I, I agree with you that the whole Jabari Parker project could potentially fail with the Chicago Bulls. I mean, it, that's obviously an option, but if, if I'm, I don't know. I just feel like at that, that right there should have been an option, especially if I'm the Bucks. If I'm the Bucks and I can, and I, if I can convince the Cavs to give up Kevin Love because you're going to rebuild, you get Jabari Parker Thornmaker a pick and whoever else you want on my team I would do that I would legit do that because going after Brooke Lopez who was fine but Kevin Love is basically Brooke Lopez but a better rebounder anyway so why would I not just go I I don't know like to me that the the um the Bucks are, are in a situation now where they just can't they can't really screw around with, with Giannis they they, they 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 can't they cannot sit here and just keep Try to play around with a few more years of Giannis here and there because I I just think that they should have just went for it. And losing a piece like Jabari Parker, again, I'm not saying that he's this vastly um, impressive piece that could be traded, but losing someone like Jabari Parker and then trying to add in these miscellaneous pieces like Brooke Lopez when Kevin Love potentially was out there, why not just do that? Also, if you're... The Dallas Mavericks. I think at some point you just got to admit that you overpaid for Harrison Barnes. And you just. That signed. was
1: obvious, like after the first few months, yeah. I think, for me at least.
0: And then you just sign, um, DJ. You have Dennis Smith Jr. there. Some other veteran pieces. I think that's a solid place to start if you're trying to look for a trading piece for a Kevin Love. You can kind of flip Harrison Barnes. Throwing maybe a couple more pieces. I don't know how much the um, salaries make sense, but throwing a couple more pieces for Kevin Love, pair Kevin Love and DJ together. That's better spacing, basically the same level of, well, some type of um, productivity that we saw from obviously DJ and Blake, but obviously Kevin Love is a better three point shooter. It's going to be better floor spacing. And also, I think Rick Carlisle might actually be the best coach for. Um, Kevin Love, and and obviously Dirk is still there as well. I think <laughs> I think that might be the best me, best place for um, um Kevin Love. Or her. Also, they I have options though. They they picked think up that um, he's they picked up Dirk, Doug McDermott too, so I I like that as well. The Cavs? Did they? No, 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 no. Um, the Mavs. I heard
1: it. Oh, the Mavs. But I think I, I, think, I like I think the Mavs offseason I moves. The,
0: I think he's with the Pacers now. I might, I might be mistaken. I, I think he's with the Pacers. I might be mistaken.
1: I don't know. I heard his name on Twitter. I just didn't care enough. Yeah, he's on the Pacers. He's on the,
0: he, the Pacers. He's on the Pacers.
1: Do you remember when Doug McDermott was coming in the draft and everyone was like, oh, he's a proven four year player out of college. He's gonna be the best player out of the draft. I was like, yeah hey, at least four-year players, none of them really blow up like that. And uh the sad reality is he didn't either. And speaks that's why players shouldn't be forced to go to college.
0: Speaking dun, of which stop. speaking of which, uh another player who needs to prove themselves next year. Chris Dunn, four year player, like you said.
1: I don't think, what does he have to prove? Does anybody have high expectations for Chris he, Dunn? I mean,
0: at least be a starter. Jesus. He can't, he can't prove that he's a starter.
1: But they, I, I guess that yeah, when you put it like That's that.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, Jesus. He not even, I, mean, I wouldn't even really place him. I mean, I know he's a starter for the, I know he's a starter, but it's for the Bulls. I mean, four years in, in um, in college, he was the fifth overall pick. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the best point guard in that draft class. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. He was, the, he was the best guard in that draft. He was selected first before Buddy Hill and Jamal Murray. That's another player I need to see a little bit more production out of. He, he was in the he was in the, uh, in, in the uh, he was in co- college for four years. He's 24 years old. I need to see a little something out of out of Chris Dunn this upcoming season, man. That's why I need to see a little something out of man. I need to see something out of you, man. <laughs> Jesus, dude.
1: Yo, did you? Are you doing another one of those NBA previews this year? Hell no. That shit's fuck no. <laughs> yeah, we might we might run some. Let's run something like that on the podcast, but like an abbreviated version, so we're not talking for hours and hours and hours. Well, you gotta you but gotta like- you gotta know what you're talking about. I mean. Oh, you know me, bro. The people tell me. I know all that. The time that's that's the,
0: that's the thing. I know you. That's the reason why I'm saying you. I know what you're talking about.
1: No, I definitely know what I'm talking about. And if you knew me, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have to have said that. Okay, all right. All yeah, Yo, right, how you okay. feel about the Nuggets, man? Because I, I don't know what they do. What like? I know what they don't do. Their decision to make sign Isaiah Thomas, even though you already have a good point guard in Jamal Murray. I know. That's what I was gonna say. And Devin Harris and Gary Harris. Do I need to keep going?
0: Look, I, I know, I know, I know. One thing they don't do. You know what that is? Make the playoffs. No, no, no. Play defense. And nobody on that team, <laughs> not, not, not a soul on that team next year that's going to play defense. Jokic, Murray, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, Gary Harris, like, bro, right, ain't nobody on that team about to play defense. Shout out to Millsap, though. I, I think he will give a little defensive intensity, but he's not going to significantly change his team. He'll be 33 going on 34 by the beginning of the season, so. You know, it will be interesting to see. I mean, they, they they're at a point where their, their strategy is to just outscore their opponent. But even last year, they, they actually averaged 110 points, held their opponent to 105 and still didn't make the playoffs.
1: So, well, I think they deserved to, but it was like, when you say they didn't make the playoffs, they like, they lost by a game.
0: I mean, I, I, I get it. But what I'm saying is that, that strategy of just outscoring people. May not be the best route to go. I mean, at some point you well, play it is if
1: you defense. have enough talent, like well, the way Houston did. Mm-hmm. But then Houston eventually had to upgrade their defense too. So, but I give them time to do that. Lo, I want to ask you about Isaiah Thomas, man, because uh, Jesus has things changed in the last couple years. You told me Isaiah Thomas was signed for like A vet minimum? minimum money. Yeah, vet minimum. I would not have believed you, but we're in the situation where the Nuggets were like, "Yo." Can't go wrong with another. They're almost running like, remember when the Suns had Isaiah Thomas and they had, like, Dragic and
0: uh, who was the other player they had? Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe, Bledsoe yeah.
1: yeah, and they were running the weird lineup with three-point guards, and I think they might do something similar this time since they have so many guards, unless they plan on trading one away. But they're in a weird spot, man, and I don't know what to make of it. They just have a lot of talent in a lot of different places. A lot like Orlando, but I feel like this team is managed better and is coached better. So, I expect to see more from them than I would see from a team like Orlando.
0: Well, I mean, if we're, if we're being optimistic here. And they, they may just run like a, a small ball lineup. Because they may just throw... um, What's my man's name? They, they may just throw Gary Harris. Play him a little, bit, a little bit more at the three. And just run a smaller lineup like you were referring to earlier. But who knows? I mean... They still have Will Barton, who plays some two and three. They have, like you said, Isaiah Thomas on the team, and they still have both Murray and um Harris on the team as well. So I mean, I don't, and and they have Devin Harris. So I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. The defense to me is that's just the the biggest problem, especially at positions where you desperately need some defensive presence and the small four position. And the guard position are are two extremely important positions. You need to have some presence defensively, and they don't have it. Uh, Isaiah Thomas definitely is going to be a bench player, and I feel like at this point he just has to prove that he's a quality player. He doesn't have to necessarily prove that he's a star in the NBA anymore, but he does have to prove that he is a quality-level player. But I'm going to say this, and this is not me being harsh on... Isaiah Thomas, I just, I just feel like he caught a a perfect wave that elevated him to a point in a status of where, you know, he, he was, he was in a conversation to win an MVP, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he was as great as a player as I think a lot of people anticipated him to be. Let's say hypothetically speaking, he was healthy and he stayed healthy, traded to the Cavs, healthy the entire season and he was putting up quality numbers, but again, I mean, it's, it's the Warriors, so they were going to lose to the Warriors anyway. He's a free agent this year, came off another season where he was a 25-point score, solid shooting splits, obviously a defensive liability. But how old is Isaiah Thomas? Like 29? Which team in the NBA is really giving him the Brinks truck? Honestly. You
1: said the what truck?
0: The Brinks truck. They backing up the Brinks truck. That's what he said. He said they're gonna they're gonna back up the Brinks truck, drop the money over there. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what he said.
1: Jesus, dude.
0: So which <laughs> I I just need to know, and I'm not I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to be in the realm of reality here. At 29, looking at 30 at the top of February next year, which team was really going to give him the Brinks truck? Who was going to give him that max?
1: I want to know. This podcast is sponsored by Brinks. Anytime you want to lose a boatload of money, put it in the Brinks truck, and uh, you could use your coupon code Brinks ten for ten percent off your next loss. Lo, what, what is the? I don't think we have Brinks trucks. I've never seen a Brinks truck in Canada. Oh man. my god! You should just you're, say an armored you're de- truck.
0: You're, you're definitely focusing on the wrong thing. The only two, Sorry. <laughs> the only two thing, the only two teams that I could see give him max or near max are the Knicks. And the Orlando Magic. That's it. What are we talking about Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. Ain't no Max. What are you talking about? I'm saying. no I'm saying is, if we're speaking, geez, you just missed everything. As soon as I said the Brinks truck, you just like forgot everything I said.
1: I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I googled Brinks truck, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm,
0: think, I'm saying. I'm saying in a hypothetical world that he stayed healthy, which team would still give him Max? That's what I'm saying.
1: And no, no team would ever give him Max unless he proved himself this year. In which case, no. But I'm what, what I'm saying, what
0: I'm saying is, if he stayed healthy. If he were healthy, I still don't think there would be that many teams giving him max. Because at the end of the day, he is still a 29, 30-year-old 5'9 point guard in a league where being small has a very obvious shelf life.
1: It also has advantages before you say that right there.
0: I just, I just don't know if that many teams that's really giving him max money regardless. I don't. The only two teams I think that would have given him max are the Knicks and the Orlando Magic. And that he did say that
1: he was willing to go back to the Celtics. I don't know if you heard that.
0: But we talk but we're talking about in the realm of which is also interesting. But we're talking about him in the realm of trying to get the money that he wanted to get. I just don't know that many teams that would have been willing to give him that money. And him going to the Celtics is interesting because if they want if they really wanted to just lose Terry Rozier I don't. I really don't think it's that crazy for them to bring him back.
1: Nah, I I wouldn't. Because the problem with Isaiah Thomas is not his height; it's his defense, which I guess you may be able to attribute to his height. But do you want a player in there on top of the fact that Kyrie's already not a good defender? You've got Isaiah Thomas in there who's an abysmal defender. But you have Marcus. You have
0: have Marcus Smart, though. You have Marcus Smart.
1: I get that, but I like the depth they have now. I don't think there's a reason to switch up. And honestly, I think it's going to cause locker room commotion. When you bring back the star player that used to play for the Celtics, that is though? no longer the Will star. Will it? Will it? Will it? Can you imagine? He used to be the star there. But that if, guy. But if he,
0: but if if he openly acknowledged that he doesn't mind joining the Celtics, then I mean that I would assume that he would believe that he's not the star anymore. He he would accept the role.
1: I understand accepting roles. I just I don't know. And even if the players never bring up the drama. I think any little chance and opportunity, the fans will bring it up because it's, it's oh so obvious. It's the storyline of a no, guy. No, you who know, it would, it was would
0: be also oh obvious that Kyrie is a star of that team. That's what it would be obvious. It would be also oh no. obvious.
1: I don't know. I like, I, I, Terry Rozier plays well. I just don't see a reason to bring his a
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm just saying if, if they were to lose Terry Rozier, because I think this year is his last year in his contract. So if they, if they were to lose him, would it be really that crazy? That's all I'm saying.
1: You remember? Do you remember Landry Fields, low Do you remember that guy?
0: Why did you? Uh, yes, I do.
1: All right, I just wanted to know if you remembered him. All right, that's cool. Wow, this guy right here. <laughs> so is that
0: is that it is that is that it is that, is that all we got for the
2: yeah, uh, we,
1: and, CJ I mean, McCollum is a
0: snake podcast.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's what you called it originally, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, man. Uh, any any final words, bro? You want to say, bro, right to the people? Uh, my highlight player of the podcast is Oladipo, and and uh, my guy. See, I know his name because I'm a huge fan of him, Tobias Harris. Because we were talking about him this whole podcast. Oh my god, those guys are my favorite players, man. I've been riding with him for years now. And uh, I'm happy to see them really getting that bag, you know, leading their teams, rejecting contracts because they know their worth. So uh, those are my two highlight players of the podcast.
0: Um, My highlight player of the podcast is Kevin Love. Go and get that bag. Regardless of what happens with with you and the Cavaliers, who really cares because you got that money. So at the end of the day, you're going to get paid. That's what's up. That's always the move that everybody needs to be focusing on anyway. So... Kevin Luck got that bag and, and hopefully everything works out for him moving forward in his career, man. I agree. And, um, with that being said,
2: hey